Welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and we got not one, but two bomb alerts. That's right, both The Flash and Elemental failed to perform well for their opening weekends. So let's get straight into the domestic top five. So Monday was Juneteenth, so the way the numbers are going to go is the, the domestic top five will be in a four-day format to include Monday, but the international numbers with the worldwide totals will be Friday to Sunday only for domestic and international. Opening in first place with an abysmal $64 million is The Flash. Opening in second place is Pixar's Elemental with $33.3 million. Third place is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse with $32.4 million for a total of $285 million. And fourth place was Transformers Rise of the Beasts with $23 million for a total now of $103.6 million. And in fifth place was The Little Mermaid with $13.3 million for a total of $255.2 million. So what the hell happened? First, let's talk about The Flash. Over the weekend, it was like watching The Hindenburg with the estimates dropping almost hourly. This was expected by analysts to do around 70 million for the four day, maybe 80 million on the high end, you know, Warner Brothers was lucky. And it came nowhere near that. Also, did not help, word of mouth on this is poor, uh, with it getting a B cinema score. But still, that shouldn't have hurt the opening numbers that much. So why did people not show up? Well, I can think of two reasons. One is that it's general knowledge. A new universe is being set up right now. And the public knows that they are getting ready for that, thanks to the news about the Superman movie, right? We just had the casting news last week, right? We now know Andy Machete is directing Batman. This means if they piece it together, The Flash is not a must-see to stay up to date with DC movies. Also, I think it doesn't help that Warner Brothers and DC failed to market the movie as the end of the DCEU. Like, yeah, there's still Aquaman and Blue Beetle, but there was no why... People needed to go see it. And I'm sorry, Warner Brothers, getting celebrities all around Hollywood to say the film was great didn't help. Also, I think that backfired because that kind of set uh, expectations that were a little too high, and it didn't meet them. Also, the way I see it, I think another issue is the lack of promotion from the stars themselves. Like, Warner Brothers isn't having Ezra Miller promoted and do interviews for obvious reasons, but Michael Keaton is working on Beetlejuice 2 right now, so he was unavailable. So with the two main stars not able to, to do the rounds, that could have also played a factor. For Warner Brothers, this has got to hurt. They put a lot of promotion and marketing behind this film because they thought they had something special. And if there was going to be one big movie for them this year, this was it. Not only will it not become that, if the legs on this don't stabilize, this might become one of the biggest bombs the studio ever had. Personally, this does not hurt the new DC management, Again, this was already done before they came in, but they need to make damn sure Superman Legacy is a crowd pleaser. As for Disney, Pixar, and Elemental, uh, it's bad, but they have a better road ahead of them. So right now, unless it legs out amazingly, it is a bomb because the reported budget for this is $200 million, which is kind of crazy. I mean, yes, visually it looks amazing. But $200 million on a non-IP animation movie is crazy in today's world. It just is. But on the positive side, this is getting great reviews. Besides the ones from Cannes that were kind of more mixed. Uh, when everyone else reviewed it, everyone loves it. It's got an A on Cinema score. So it should have great word of mouth. 
Between that and families going for repeat viewings, this could become more of a disappointment and maybe even break even for studios. Uh, but it will take most of summer to do that. And for Transformers, yeah, that is a big drop with 67% compared to its opening weekend. And uh, I think it's quite clear Transformers is joining Fast and Furious in franchises that the domestic audience is not caring for anymore. Like, they will show up opening weekend. Anyone who's interested will show up opening weekend. And then it's just kind of, that's it. The Flash also disappointed in China, opening in first place with 14 million. And including previews, is now at 14.4 million. Dropping to second place is Transformers, Rise of the Beast, with 13 million for a total of 65 million. In third place was Elemental, which opened to 5.5 million. Fourth place was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse with 3.9 million for a total of 43.5 million. And in fifth place was Godspeed with 2.9 million for a total now of 171.7 million. The Flash not doing well in China is not a surprise as one of the big hooks was bringing back Keaton as Batman. And as far as I know, since I didn't grow up on those Batman movies, why would they be excited about this? They have their own movies coming out soon to look forward to, as well as other Hollywood franchises like Transformers and Fast and Furious. Looking at international and worldwide numbers, The Flash also did not have a good time overseas, earning $75 million for a worldwide opening weekend of $139 million. At this point, the studio would be happy if it passed $400 million worldwide. And yes, we are looking at the possibility of Black Adam performing better than The Flash. Elemental earned $15 million for a worldwide opening weekend of $44.5 million. Now, that does look terrible, but it only opened in 17 markets overseas, so it does have actually a ways to go for its international rollout. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts earned $37.2 million for a worldwide total of $278 million. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse earned another $27.6 million for a worldwide total of $489.3 million. Fast X is now at $676.6 million, and Guardians of the Galaxy is at $821 million worldwide. We start off the news in Hollywood with the DGA Union voting to ratify their new contract with 87% voting in favor, with the writer's strike ongoing and the possible actor strike on the table. Deadline is reporting that most of Hollywood will not be making an appearance at San Diego Comic-Con, so far, the list includes Marvel Studios, Universal, Sony, Netflix, and Lucasfilm. This isn't too much of a surprise, because if an actor strike does happen, there's no point doing a panel to promote a film if the actors can't be there. Since we don't know if they're even close to a deal, it's just easier to skip it. Sony have removed El Muerto from their schedule. This is one of the Spider-Man villain movies with Bad Bunny starring in the lead role. It was set to come out in January, uh, but since they haven't even started filming yet, it comes as no surprise that it has been pulled. Though this does not mean they're not working on it with Sony, uh, saying it is still in development. And to be honest, I would be surprised if this film was ever made. Like, this is a nice and polite way of canceling a movie, and we will never probably hear about it ever again. In an update about Tenoch Hinoa, he has announced that he has left an upcoming film, Fiesta en la Madurina. The film is from Netflix, and filming was about to begin. As for why he's pulling out, it is due to the accusations against him, and he does not want the film to be hindered by it. Quote, it is with great sadness that I do this, but I cannot allow her actions to harm not only me, but also the work of dozens of talented and hardworking people involved in a project. My focus now is simple, continue the process of restoring my reputation. End quote. 
So far, in regards to the accusations, nothing new has come forward, so we just have to wait and see what happens. Blue Beetle director Angel Manuel Soto has told Total Film that the film is actually part of the new DCU. Quote, We are part of the universe, we are part of the world, we are part of the plans that they have been creating for future installments of the DCU, but we are not tied to all the films from the past. Yes, our movie lies in the world where superheroes exist, but that doesn't mean that a certain event or certain elite alliance or certain things from the past dictate where our film is going. End quote. It's interesting he is saying that because as far as we know, it's not, but who knows? It could be the same move they did with Shazam. If it does well at the box office, they will find a way to bring it over to the DCU. If not, then it doesn't come over. Though, based on how Shazam and Flash have done at the box office this year, I think Blue Beetle's in for a rough time. Universal have moved up Wicked Part 2 up a month to November 2025. Previously, it was set to come out in December. This now lines up with Wicked Part 1, which is set to come out November 27th, 2024. We have a casting update for Paddington in Peru with Olivia Colman, Antonio Banderas, uh, Rachel Zegar, and Emily Mortimer in talks to join the film. Right now, filming is set to begin at the end of July. In an update to the Jonathan Majors case, the trial date has been set for August 3rd. The Academy Awards have updated the requirements for a film if they want to be considered for a Best Picture nomination. This is on top of the one-week limited run in major cities like New York or LA. As for what the requirements are, they include an expanded theatrical run of seven more days in ten of the top 50 U.S. markets. Non-U.S. territory releases can count toward two of the ten necessary markets, and the qualifying non-U.S. markets must include the top 15 international markets, including the home territory of the film. I think these requirements are fine, as they only really impact Netflix and Amazon at this point. Apple is working more on full theatrical releases, and for major studios, most of the films that they push for awards get a wide release anyway for a few weeks, which should count toward this, so they don't have to do anything extra. Now, this is only for Best Picture. After the initial one week in the major U.S. categories, uh, the movie does qualify for all the other awards. So I would assume Netflix will comply with the changes, but who knows. We got quite a few new trailers this week. The first is Challengers, starring Zendaya as a tennis player turned coach and directed by Luca Guadagno. It comes from MGM and comes out September 15th. Next up is the first trailer for Dumb Money. This is the film about the short squeeze on GameStop stock with a great cast, including Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, America Ferreira, Nick Offerman, and Sebastian Stan. Comes out September 22nd. From A24, we got a teaser trailer for Priscilla. This is a movie directed by Sofia Coppola and is focused on Elvis and Priscilla Presley, but from Priscilla's point of view. Comes out sometime in October. From Sony, we got the first trailer for Craven the Hunter, starring Aaron Taylor Johnson in the lead role. It doesn't look that great, but hey, it looks better than Morbius, so it's something. It comes out October 6th. So yeah, basically it's all the trailers for the fall movies, which makes sense as they need to start marketing them. We start off VOD Premium with an exclusive from Variety, and that is The Walking Dead Dead City had the biggest season premiere ever on AMC+. Now, that is not much of a record breaker considering the service has only been around since 2020, but it does show AMC that people are still interested in watching The Walking Dead. They just need to make sure that while the franchise is the bedrock of AMC+, they need to build a solid library of content to keep people subscribed. Over at Peacock, Buckus, the show starring Pete Davidson, is getting renewed for a second season. 
An exclusive from Deadline, Amazon Freebie have bought a movie. They have bought Puppy Love from Lionsgate, starring Lucy Hale and Grant Gustin. While it will be a freebie movie, it will not be exclusive to it, as besides being available to watch later in the summer on the service, it will also be available to buy or rent digitally as well. An exclusive from Bloomberg, Ryan Murphy is set to return to 20th Century at Disney, leaving Netflix. His deal with Netflix is coming to an end and has now signed a deal with Disney to produce content. This has not come as too much of a shock to anyone in Hollywood while he has been with Netflix for almost five years now. It wasn't until his recent shows like Dahmer that became the massive hits the streamer expected from the start. Uh, if you have not heard of him, you have heard of his shows, especially the 20th Century and FX ones, including 911, uh, American Horror Story, and American Crime Story, to name a few. Speaking of Netflix, they have gone and changed up their viewing metrics Going forward, their weekly top 10 chart will be based on views, not just total hours watched. Uh, views are counted based on the total hours watched divided by total runtime. Along with this, another change is the most watched ever chart will now have a 91 day window when the show or movie launches instead of 28 days. While I would prefer more detailed numbers, this is a bit fair for shows that, you know, have a shorter runtime. And Netflix has already updated the charts with these changes. And the biggest change is that Wednesday, is now the number one English TV series of all time, beating Stranger Things. Also, hours view data will still be available, it just won't be used to make the charts. In the exclusive from Deadline, it looks like Warner Brothers might license out some of their HBO shows to Netflix. Uh, both Warner Brothers and Netflix are still in talks, but right now it looks to be for a package of shows with one of them being insecure. It would not be any show that is currently running, so Last of Us and Game of Thrones would not be a part of this. Sources are also telling Deadline that people from HBO are pushing back on this. As for why Warner Brothers is doing this, it's a financial move. If it happens, it would be the first time since 2014 that HBO content was on a streamer not named HBO. Back then, it was a selection of HBO shows available on Prime Video when they were first building up their library. I saw this news and I was shocked, but after reading the details, it makes sense. Even take away Warner Brothers' financial issues and the debt they need to pay off. Since these are older shows, it makes sense to license them out to get some cash, one, and two, advertise the Max service. Oh, you like shows like this? Well, to watch more of it, you need to go get Max. Now, obviously, a straight-up ad for Max won't be allowed on Netflix, but the famous HBO logo should be on the start of every episode. So strategically, I get it, especially as how streaming is going. You should expect more and more studios to license out their content more. But for Warner Brothers, and what they've been going through though, it does look like a sign of weakness. Warner Brothers Discovery is laying off around 100 people from their cable channels, with quite a few from TCM. Hopefully they land on their feet quickly. Unlike other layoffs at studios, the ones at TCM caused a lot of outcry, as people feared that the company might be getting ready to shut it down or sell it. This led to Steven Spielberg Martin Scorsese and Paul Thomas Anderson to sit down and talk to David Zasloff about TCM. After the emergency meeting, Zasloff made changes that hopefully will calm everyone down. The management of TCM will be split up into two roles, with the business side being managed by Michael Alloween, who also manages Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Boomerang, and the Discovery family. The creative side of the channel will be managed by Warner Brothers co-chair uh, Michael DeLuca and Pamela Amdi. An exclusive from Variety, they are reporting that Paramount Plus Australia has renewed Last King of the Cross for a second season. And in a bit of a shocker, Paramount Plus have canceled four shows on their service. And not only that, shows will also be removed as well. The shows include Star Trek Prodigy, Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies, The Game, and Queen of the Universe. 
and the shows will be removed by the end of the month. For Star Trek Prodigy, work was still being done on finishing Season 2. What will happen now is that it will be completed, and then it will be shopped to anyone who wants to buy it from, uh, from CBS Studios. CBS Studios will also be shopping the game as well. While these aren't big shows, Grease must have bombed heavily, because that just came out back in April. But if the shows aren't performing, then it makes sense why Paramount is doing this, as they are not one of the bigger studios, and they need to watch their budget more closely. Finally, Apple released a trailer for the Beanie Bubble, a movie focused on the Beanie Bear craze from the 90s. It stars Zach Galifianakis, Elizabeth Banks, and Sarah Snook. It comes out July 21st in select theaters, and the 28th on Apple TV+. And that's it for the steps of the box office receipts. If you want to follow me on Facebook or Twitter, links to those are in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time. <laughs>